0: Conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM.
1: All right, we continue the conversation on the Talking Point. Western Cape Premier Alan Windy joins us on the line. Uh, Mr. Windy, good morning to you. Thank you so much for your time this morning.
2: Hi, Cathy. Thank you very much. Uh, Good to be with you. And uh, yeah, it's been a while, but uh, great to be uh, chatting to you. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thanks for making time for us. And of course, you know, during this segment, we really try and just get a sense of what is happening in provinces, at least from the view of um, the provincial leadership and try and deal with some of the issues, of course, um, that also come up um, that residents of those provinces might have some concerns with. I must say that from a national perspective, if we look at the uh, latest report by the Auditor General into municipalities, Overall, the Western Cape seems to be on a rather upward trajectory, um, and and you seem to be faring better than than other provinces.
2: Yeah, thanks, Kathy. Um, I mean, that has been something that we've been focusing for, on for years. Uh, in actual fact, I've been in government for 14 years now, and uh, 14 years ago, I was the MEC for Finance and economic opportunities. And uh, I still remember saying uh, that, uh, you know, we had a whole strategy as a government for our own audit outcomes, but also how do we help uh, local governments? And I suppose for 10 years, it was a focus on, you know, let's make sure we get the foundations right, get the processes right, get the systems of identifying weaknesses right. And then zooming in on those weaknesses uh, to build capacity um, now, uh, it's at a stage where I keep on saying to them, uh, you know, good governance must be a habit. Uh, it's just what we do, uh, so that we can focus on service delivery. Um, you can't focus on service delivery without having, uh, you know, the, the good governance. Uh, and of course the audit outcomes is just one of the tests of good governance. Um, and then you've got to be able to go back and zoom in. If you see weaknesses developing. But, uh, you know, I think that's what government needs to be doing is to get the basics right and then go and focus on where the pressure points are. Because I promise you, out, out in uh, you know society, there are so many issues. Uh, infrastructure issues, there are electricity issues, economic issues, social issues. So, um, you know, if, you, if you're busy scrambling around governance, stuff you can't get to focus uh, on the bigger things that citizens We uh, can never give up or never stop fighting for it um, but I'm happy that you know it is becoming more of a habit so that uh, that we can focus on the on the big issues that face citizens and,
1: and I think that that's part of what you know the auditor general by and large um, has has credited you with that, um, you know the result that that is being seen in as far as a good financial governance is concerned it, is as is as a result of the tone that is being set by accounting officers by authorities. But that that there seems to be a culture generally of of doing the right thing and also being. Accountable, but but in order to do that, you need capacity, right? You need people who are able to to do their jobs and function efficiently in in the jobs that 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 they're, that they're tasked with. How would you say that you have been able to sort of set that message um, up from the as the provincial head right down to the de- departments and individuals in departments?
2: So I, I think you said it, uh, there were two words that you've just said. The one is culture, and the other one is tone. Um, I mean, there's a saying they call it they call it tone at the top. Um, but in actual fact, uh, maybe the tone at the top is where you've got to start. But at the end of the day, it's about the culture of the organisation, and it's about the culture at the bottom. Uh, it's about the behaviour, the daily behaviour, um, and of course, those are things that don't just happen. You've got to work on them. Uh, We we worked a lot of, uh, we put a lot of energy into the leadership uh, development and leadership tone. Um, And now, uh, I mean, our whole government at the moment is on something we call the the culture journey. Um, And that is, you know, culture is about uh, the way you go to work, the way you behave to your customers. Um, And that's a difficult, especially in government, because, you know, Treasury's got a very different culture to health to a very different culture, to education or to social development. So, uh, but how do you get a common culture, a service culture, a caring culture um, and a good governance culture um, about discipline, about rules? Um, And these are complex things, uh, you know, corporates around the world, governments around the world deal with these things. And I'd like to believe that uh, we push some of those boundaries. I I like to compete uh, very much. Um, I've actually entered our government into the best place to work in the world competition. Um, I've said we can come last, but only once. Um, But it is about culture. And that's what they measure. They measure culture of an organization. And so, yeah, I think you're exactly right. It's something you've got to work at. Uh, It's always got to be there. It's got to be an underlying principle. Um, And then hopefully you get to a stage where it is uh, your habit. uh, And then you can start to focus on the next thing. Uh, which always for me is uh, and and if you speak to our uh, officials you'll hear us using words of are you citizen obsessed Um, because that's surely why you work for the government You, you you work for the government because you believe in service and you believe in making sure that we get it right Because there's so much that needs to be done, so we've got to make sure we start with ourselves and we're able to do it.
1: One of the things that um, we've sort of been noting has, it it first sort of starts off as as, as stories that people are sharing amongst themselves of, uh, you know, people that are migrating to the Western Cape. And more and more you have somebody who knows somebody who's thinking of moving to the Western Cape. And... Then there's, you know, official research that will come out and say, actually, um, you do have a lot of inward migration uh, towards the, the Western Cape. Why do you think it is that some of the high earners in a province like Johannesburg are opting to go to or to come to your province as a place where they want to live and do business?
2: So, I mean, I suppose I want to say to you, good governance. Uh um, but it's it's much more complex uh, than that it's uh, you know can people see value um are people able to live lives that they, they value um and sure i mean you've just uh, people who have nothing who w- are looking for a job or looking for education or looking for healthcare on the one side of the spectrum right to you know, south africans who have money and they are buying a house or building a, a business or moving a business so across the spectrum and it's growing faster than ever before our initial indicators were that as a province we were going to hit 8 million people by 2030 i think it's going to happen by in the middle of 2027 now we'll get 3 million people we we had 1.2 million i mean 7.2 million at the moment uh, last year, we grew by 126,000 people moving here. The year before, it was about 105,000. So, even the, that is exponentially growing. Um, but, absolutely, you know, I, I, uh, I want to be a province that attracts investment. I want to be a province that attracts skills and talent. Uh, I want to be a province that attracts risk takers. You know, even someone who picks up their household and has nothing and comes here. Um, with nothing but comes to look for a job that's a risk taker and uh, you know those are people who add to your ecosystem and add to your environment although it does put us under pressure we have to build more schools faster than we've ever built before appoint more teachers than we've ever appointed before or more clinics and hospitals than ever before Uh, And we don't get the tax advantage immediately Uh, that does take a few years to get corrected but but Still, um, you know, it's I'd rather have a growth uh, problem than a negative growth problem. And so, yeah, these are challenges that are sent to test us. Uh, I think it's a great challenge uh, for us in the province.
1: In oh, as much as the, the areas um, in which the Western Cape is sort of um, really leading the way, and again, I'm going to reference just a part of the findings of, of the um, latest Auditor General Report, there is also a statement there around the extent to which while you might have the financial governance area of things stable and under control. Not enough of that seems to be translating into an impact on, on service delivery and ensuring that there's better delivery of services, especially in, in some sectors. Where is this gap? Why do you think you, you have this gap?
2: So, I mean, I'll just give you one indicator, uh, during the pandemic and the lockdown, Uh, The city of Cape Town alone grew by 1,026 informal uh, settlement areas or uh, illegal land occupations. Um, 1,026 pieces of land. Some of them were pieces of land that were ready to be built on, that already had services put in. Um, in, a, in a housing system or whatever but, but uh, you know the, the, the pressure that we put under um, is and as I said earlier we don't get the division of revenue uh, immediately that, and that's also even skewed because we said no, but you've got a high LSM uh, count or you've got, a, you've got a better education outcome or you've got more uh, uh, seats in schools so therefore your percentage in the tax rand is going to be less than perhaps another province that's in a, in a poorer state Um, And so the difficulty is that uh, we've got to offer those services, but we don't get the extra funding for it. And that is always the hardest thing. So, um, yeah, but I must also say that uh, the engagement with the Auditor General has been a very interesting one over the last uh, two, three years. And that is to say, you know, at the end of the day, we can sit in an office and we can talk around a boardroom table about a great audit, but walk out of the door uh, there are people on the street and they cannot eat a clean audit. Uh, a clean audit doesn't necessarily give them a job or a, a seat in a school or, or that uh, a shortcut in a queue in a, in a clinic. And that is getting the balance right. And I think that's the that's the real discussion that we're having with the auditor general at the moment um, is how do we get to a stage where the habit in the audit outcome is much easier for us to do so we don't have to have so many people focusing on the clean audit i can actually put less resources to the audit and more resources to the impact and uh, the ag is busy developing with us uh, new measurement models to see you know where is the water tap how much water is coming out of that water tap how regularly and is it reaching each and every individual citizen and those are the big challenges because i mean we have many 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 citizens who are living uh, you know in in informal settlements um who don't have access to proper services and uh, and we don't really have the yeah. commensurate budget to
1: catch up with it it's, so, so, it's tough. So, so 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 premier Wendy, uh, again i'm going to go go back to this question of the gap and and where you believe that gap is is coming from because ultimately, of course, in in let's say uh, provinces that have a lot more dysfunctional municipalities, it's it's very difficult to sort of be able to fully understand what's leading to failures. Uh, of course, if you have a, a you know let's say a municipality and administration, um, you don't expect much out of that because the audit outcomes are negative, and therefore service delivery is negative, and and that's why the Western Cape makes for an interesting study because you. Have have overall, I think, majority of, of clean audits. But this gap in, in the delivery of service to people um, still also exists and quite you know predominantly so, depending on which part of, of, of the province one is actually looking at. And there doesn't seem to be an equitable distribution of resources at a surface level. Again, just looking at the quality of life of, of different types of people.
2: Absolutely. And that is our number one challenge. That is, that is a government, whether it's local government, provincial government or national government in any region of our country. That is our big challenge. How do we fix that? How do we correct that? And uh, I mean, I just think right now, you know, what is consuming my time? And at the moment, I'm, I'm focusing on two big areas that are not my constitutional mandate. The one is energy. And the other is safety. So at the moment in our province, I've got a budget of 1.1 billion rand going to electricity provision and energy. And some of them are to energy packs for poor households. uh, Some of that money and some of that money is to uh, enabling 5,700 megawatts of renewable and uh, private sector investment into electricity because we can't keep the lights on. Now that my 1.1 billion is added to at local government level. So we just short of 7 billion rand in this province being spent over the next three years on electricity of some sort could be a general, just come from generators in George that have been put in place to make sure that water continues and sewage continues during load shedding times. That money should not be spent on that competency. It should be being spent on exactly what we're talking about on getting Uh, the Gini coefficient to change. Um, I I spent 2.6 billion rand on safety now in this province. It's boots on the ground and now Gauteng's doing exactly the same thing. Boots on the ground. Uh, We talk about violence prevention. We're talking about stuff that is another mandate of another sphere of government. But because it is failing, we can't stand back. We've got to step in. And, and sure, I've got to take a little bit here and a little bit there to try and make the biggest difference I can. But at the end of the day, we're not, I'm not waking up every day focusing on uh, poverty and focusing on poverty alleviation mechanisms because I'm being pulled and pushed by other things that are failures in other spaces. And that is a big challenge. And how do we get that balance right? I mean, we, we might have the lowest or the best Gini coefficient in South Africa now. So obviously these things trickle over time and they do have an effect, Um, but they, we, I mean, as you say, I mean, we have got areas in in our province where we've got, uh, uh, you know, great prosperity, but we've got areas where we have massive... Poverty and all right, huge growing poverty
1: Premier, and Premier and Windy, I'm going to see? have to interject there. We seem to be having uh, issues with our connection to you. Uh, we'll try and get him back up on a different line. Uh, we're in conversation with the Western Cape Premier, Alan Windy. It's part of our Premier series where uh, we're really talking to all of the premiers um, in the country and getting a sense of what's happening in their provinces. It's 10.30, time for your latest headlines.
0: Conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM.
1: We continue the conversation on the Talking Point. The Premier we're in conversation with this morning is the Western Cape Premier, Alan Windy, uh, who is still on the line. Premier uh, Windy, good morning again. Can you hear me loud and clear?
0: Yes, I can. Thank you.
1: All right, great. That's much better. Uh, a different line that we have him on now, and of course, uh, very soon I'll be opening the phone lines. You can also uh, call in on zero eight six triple zero two zero three two on the WhatsApp voice note line on zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. So y- you are still trying to explain why it is that you know, despite the great audits that one finds in your province and the, the strong financial controls that this does not necessarily translate into improved delivery of services at least for the majority of 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 the province and and this idea that you know you've been preoccupied with matters that are not necessarily, Things that 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 you should be doing. Explain that to me again. I don't want to misquote you.
0: So, so obviously, you you know, you've got a certain fixed budget that you've got to work with. You've got to, and you've got an amount of demand. Um, you, you know, you get the audits first, and then you've got to build on them. They, they've got to be a foundation. You know, so you can't be stealing the money and then hoping to have a, a, a service delivery outcome you've got to make sure the governance is right, you're spending the money where it needs to be spent, and then you need to measure it. So our engagement with the AG, they're starting to test that um, because I keep on saying to them, you can't eat a clean audit, and a clean audit doesn't give you a job necessarily. And in the boardroom, it all looks great, but just walk out the door and it's very different. So it is getting that part right, getting the basics right and then moving on there. Also, uh, you know, you... you As we spoke earlier, we've got a lot of people coming to look for services, um, but I don't get the budget for it. So, um, you know, if we get another 10,000 learners, well, I mean, it's closer to 20,000 learners every year who uh, arrive at the last minute um, because they're coming to look for education because they're not happy with the education they're getting elsewhere in the country. Um, I don't get the money for that specific uh, learner. Uh, for three years, even though because the census is so delayed and the, and the um, division of revenue budgeting is delayed. But we've got to use the current funding that we've got to, busy, to, to fill that gap as quickly as we can and then at the same time spend money on stuff that's not necessarily our mandate, like at the moment electricity or safety. Um, although I would like the mandate of safety um, and, of course, the, the, the percentage of budget for that Um, because I think it should be devolved wherever possible closer uh, to the citizen. But, I mean, these are obviously the challenges of government. How do we make sure that we get, uh, you know, the unemployment rate to change? How do we get youth unemployment sorted out and the right skills mix? Um, Because, you know, uh, and and I just want to correct one thing that you said, the majority of people. Well, in the Western case, the majority of of people get service because they get measured, water, electricity, uh, refuse removal, um but there is uh, a large uh, number of people within that last five percent. You know, ninety five percent might be getting uh, water, uh, but the five percent who are not. Um, you know, how do we make sure we get it to a hundred percent who are getting water, getting refuge from people, getting uh, you know, housing uh, if they if they are indigent, etcetera, et cetera.
1: So 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 these over one thousand uh, settlements that you said had cropped up as, as a result of illegal land occupations, those make up the minority of, of, of people in the Western Cape right now? Because it sounds like quite a high number to me.
0: Yeah, yeah but we, you see, remember, you're talking about a couple of hundred thousand people. I mean, I've got 740,000 citizens who are unemployed in our province. Um, but I've got 2.3 million people who are employed in our province. So, um, you know, it's, it's about how do we get uh, it right? I mean, we, obviously, we have more people in the province that, you know, have a roof over their head and have a, a tap and a, an electricity connection than phones. Um, but are we getting it right that we are, you know, we, we might have the lowest unemployment rate in South Africa, but our unemployment rate is unbelievably high compared to global standards. Um, and so, you know, how do we make sure that we grow our economy? Nothing stops a bullet and nothing puts food on your table like a job. Um, it really helps with all of those other uh, bad indicators. So we've got to have a, a social net as a government, but we've also got to make sure that we are enabling citizens to do what they need to do to live lives that they value and, and the lives that they that they want.
1: And, and And to the extent that... There is, of course, a view that life and, and progress has been stagnant in, in some areas, um, including areas like your Cape Flats, your, your Kailicha, your Nyangas. That, you know, the, this progress and again, this benefit of what is good governance on paper is not translating into those communities.
0: Uh, I, I would say yes and no. Sure, there are parts. Um, of Kailicha that really have we've got so much work to do but there are also parts of Kailicha that you go to today, I, I was at the launch uh, with Livu Orani of his, of his new entrepreneurship foundation uh, in Kailicha uh, I mean you, you go there you, you're in an auditorium that you could be anywhere in any first world country um, you go across the road to uh Hospital. It's the it's the newest hospital in in the Western Cape. Um it's you know, it's got its pressure, but it's great. It's a great facility. Um, you know, that was where we built our first field hospital with the Medicine Sans Frontiers. You walk down down streets there. So there are parts that are you know, you you walk down a, a street that's a middle class street with electric fences and you know, uh, so yes, there are parts. Uh, they are parts of Mitchell's Plain that also need lots of work to be done. But you know, I've also, if I look at the latest trend with the BPO sector, they not they are not building their call centres in in uh, you know Adley Street anymore. They're building them in Mitchell's Plain and they're building them in Kayamundi because uh, you know the latest trend is let's build uh, the jobs where the people are. And so, yeah, uh, we've got a lot of work to do, but there's also some amazing things that are happening. Uh, I was at a first Thursday at Mitchell's plane the other day, walking down a street that uh, one would have thought maybe this is going to be a street taken over by gangsters, but because of business investment, uh, because of our Labs building their head office there, this is a global company, but a South African entrepreneur. Um, uh, suddenly, there was a grand piano in in a side street with a grand. Uh, on a first Thursday with garages and and garage bands and food stalls, and it was just amazing. Um, So, yeah, we have got lots of pressure, but uh, we've also got amazing amazing changes that are happening at the same time you
1: you, you don't see see those as 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 piecemeal efforts and, and and by and large when we look again at sort of the, the criticism that that is often leveled at at you know the government in in the western cape it's that um a, a lot of the energy sort of goes into maintaining um what are your previ- previously at ad, at ad advantaged areas, whereas the underdeveloped areas just sort of get whatever's left over.
0: It's sort of not not uh, not really correct. I mean, uh, I mean, if I look at our provincial budget, um, if you look at where it is spent, eighty percent of our budget ends up landing um, in in areas that are the poorest of the poor in our province, not in leafy suburbs. We don't spend money there. We we. We we spend money because that's the nature of our business. It's about you know government uh, medical facilities and health care. It's about government schooling. Um, you know it's, it, that's where our money is spent. Um, that's where, where those services are provided. Our 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 1,200 uh, leap officers uh, that are focusing on the murder hotspots uh, in our province. Uh, These are the highest crime hotspots in our province. I promise you, not one cent is going to any leafy suburb at all. It all goes to areas on the Cape Flats where uh, citizens suffer crime every single day. And that is where the resource is going, and that is where the reduction in crime is now happening.
1: This call um, to devolve police powers um, in the Western Cape has been taking place for the last couple of years and many have seen it as an attempt by the Western Cape to uh, sort of separate itself from the rest of of the country. There's been time to hear what different sectors of society have to make uh, in relation to to this call. Um, Do you still want to see... Um, the devolution of police powers?
0: Yes, absolutely. I think I think our Constitution envisaged that from day one because uh, if you in the reading of the Constitution, it says how do you get services and how do you enable governments closer to the people? So, I mean, that's a fundamental basis of our Constitution. Um, in actual fact, when our Constitution was being written, policing powers were going to be much more uh, federalized. It was going to be much more provincially uh, uh, managed and provincially run. Right. Uh, also, if you think back 30 years uh, and 33 years when they were writing the constitution, we had some serious issues we were dealing with, specifically in regions and 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 KZN, um, and the and the real tensions in KZN, political tensions in KZN, uh, was the main reason that policing functions were centralised and not decentralised. Um, I think it has changed now. Um, I don't think that uh, someone sitting in some office in Tshwane. Uh, should be deciding what's happening in, you know, Lavender Hill, um, or in in you know a, a suburb in, in on the Cape Flats in, in Cape Town. It should be much more localized. It's um,
1: it's often it's often received and seen as attempts by a DA led government to almost want to promote itself to a status equivalent to that of, of national government and even almost, you know, separate itself from um, the, the national government?
0: No, that's not what federal powers are about. Federal powers are about uh, powers that you have the capability that's going to make the biggest difference. You make them closer, you make those decisions and you have that leadership closer to the people because you make better decisions. That's how federal systems work. Um, so, and the interesting thing is it's not about only DA now, because on the crime issues and devolution of policing powers, um, you know, Premier Sufi is doing the same thing as that we're doing. Now suddenly you've got boots on the ground from a provincial level, um, you know, and, and our discussions that we have at uh, the National Lekhotra, the last discussion we had at the beginning of this year um, you know, people will say, people were looking at Premier Lusufi and looking at myself and saying, what are you guys, are you guys working together here? What's going on here? Because we're saying exactly the same thing. Um, we we are saying, hang on a second, we cannot allow criminals to be, you know, running the show. And that's what it feels like. Um, it feels like the criminals are running the show and government is trying to play catch up. And so we, we as, as. You know, uh, I'm a I'm a public servant. Uh, the, the citizens say to me as representing them, Help us! You know, I cannot deal with my kid not being able to get to school every day without seeing dead bodies, or I can't sit in my house dodging bullets every night. Um, please help us. What are you doing about this? And so, you, you then say, Okay, well, what could be the change? I could just stand there and say, I'm sorry, it's not our job. Um, let's speak to the national police commissioner and the police minister, they must come and sort this out. Well, we're tired of doing that. Um, we need to change the
3: system.
1: Let me go to Bongani in Cape Town. Bongani, good morning.
3: How are you, Kevin?
1: I'm well, thank you, Bongani. Go for it.
3: Not for uh, really, yeah. Uh, Kathy, we are in, in Western Cape. I'm staying in Western Cape. We are in Western Cape. We have two Western Capes. We, the Western Cape is divided into two. Uh, the, the guest there is... Correct, right, when they said they are working, and then their books, their books are clean. But just go from uh, Cape Town, just uh, as you go down into, in to, towards Kailisha, you pass Well, you, pass you can see okay, the, the black people, how they, they live. They, what you call it, we call it Inu, Inu, where there is a red, big red, plastic, nothing, nothing is coming from, uh, to the black people. The guy is correct. Is correctly rightly, they are going to those uh, white people's area. They are doing. I'm. I'm. I'm a courier. If if there is something happening on the road or the 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 train, it won't take two even two days in white areas. But go to Kailita, go to Nyanga, go to Filippi, go to Saitzi. It will take a month to fix the the the, the, the train. And secondly. I would like to ask uh, Helen Windy. Uh, I, I, I tried to apply for a city Cape Town job. On that form, why they put the race there? Because if you, they, 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 the form said you are a South African, why now you must uh, you must say I'm a black or I'm a colored, I'm staying in Kylie, I'm staying, why is that on, 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 on the form? Thank you, Kedi.
1: All right, Bongani, Premier Windy.
0: I support him on the, on the why do you need to put your race? I hope he puts human. Uh, where, alongside race, where it says that he's from the human race. Um, yeah, that's what we've been talking about, is how do we fix the differential? How do you get the Gini coefficient right? Uh, I mean, he's talking uh, He's talking about Lunga. Lunga is celebrating its centenary this year, 100 years old. I was actually there with the Economic Department yesterday um, uh, where we've got a fund now um, specifically um, in in uh, you know the areas that we're talking about. It's a fun promoting business. Uh, I was there where also a courier business, a, a guy that started a company in, in uh, Langa during the pandemic, delivering uh, products, food products. So he, he contracts to uh, you know, supermarkets, he contracts to chemists, etc. And uh, I saw that our department gave him some funding because his business is growing and he's employing more people, delivering products. Uh, exactly to their homes.
1: Yeah, but but I think Bong, Bongani is saying is saying, Mr. Windy, that the delivery of services is a lot more efficient in some areas than in others, and he's saying it based on his experience as as a resident in the province.
3: So, so
0: I mean, then I must say to him, you know, let's measure it against his local councillor. Why? Why is it? Why is it that when there's a blockage of a drain, it takes longer to fix? It shouldn't. It should take exactly the same time um, to fix a drain. doesn't matter where it is. Um, And, uh, you know, that's an issue we need to talk about. You know, is is it being reported properly? Uh, How long is it taking? We can draw those uh, in in the city of Cape Town specifically on a data point. Um, We have got uh, a system called the C3 uh, system where people log uh, um you know anything from a drain to a to a street uh disturbance from a dog they all get logged you can track the data you can see how long something takes to get fixed um so so sure, so, 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 so so
1: overall does does your data say that the the delivery of service including the speed at which things are resolved is the same is that generally what the data says
0: uh i don't know i'll have to go and i'll have to go and draw that um, you know, I'm talking now about local government data, but um, I mean, I look at where investment goes at the moment. And I mean, specifically, if I look in Cape Town, uh, I mean, I look at some of those piping investments on, you know, these pipes are massive and the, those investments are going into the Cape Flats. Um, these are these are water piping, sewage piping, uh, upgrading in, in facility investment. Um, You know, at the end of the day, we need to draw the data, say, is it correct or isn't it correct? And then if if it is correct, that it takes two weeks to fix a drain in Lunga versus, you know, one day to fix a drain uh, in Claremont. Well, why is it? Let's go and find out. What is the system? Because it shouldn't.
1: Brian, you're also in Cape Town. Good morning.
4: Uh, Good morning to you and your guests. I'd like to just uh, comment on... Uh, this rosy picture, which Alan Wendy uh, portrays of Cape Town. I've lived in Cape Town all my life. The um, management and the uh, councillors and officials connected to the council and to the mayoral committee, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, these individuals earn huge salaries. The rates are just now uh, recently, or it is about to be increased and is unaffordable to the majority of people. This is how these parties, including the DA, exploit the public of this country. Whilst the ANC loots the municipalities and, and, and SOEs and in rich themselves, the DA itself is also involved in this exploitation. The people of Cape Town and nationally, I suppose, are also being exploited via the increases in rates and the uh the, your rates today is like having a second mortgage on your home. It's extremely high and its unaffordable so um I'd like to burst the bubble on that one the um you know management and counselors should earn what any skilled worker earns they they um live lavish lifestyles they enjoy have perks and and um and enjoy huge salaries, and uh, which and which which is um, exorbitant, and uh, the ordinary man in the street can't afford these rates that they charge. Mm.
1: Let's get the premier's response, Mr. Windy. Yeah, I mean,
0: I I, I want to say that I absolutely agree. I think uh, our, our inflation rate is way too high. I think that uh, you know, if you look at the impact on our economy right now, it is really. If I look at electricity. Uh, increase that's being uh, put across the board it is not affordable based on the the amount of power you get versus versus uh, uh, what this increase is is about but i mean i'm just quickly looking now at uh, the city of joburg versus the city of cape town the city of johannesburg 22 23 uh, this is up to 375 kilowatt hours or 374 kilowatt hours cape town is almost double that 600 kilowatt hours in 22 23, Joburg increase was 688 Rand 50, Cape Town was 298 30. In this latest one, um, we cross subsidizing in the municipality of Cape Town. So it was uh, uh, the 374 kilowatt hours of 791.57 increase in Johannesburg, 350 Rand increase in Cape Town. And of course, we can't just absorb these, uh, you know, the 20 or the 18% increases we can't just absorb it uh, i was listening to the mayor yesterday he was saying that uh, they've they've only increased by an average of 17 and not 18% but that extra 1% is 50 million rand um that they have got to find from rates and taxes or from somewhere else just to cushion the residents um you know and these are these are the difficulties of government of course Politically, it would be amazing to say, well, there's going to be no increase in rates and taxes for the next 10 years. But, but, uh, you know, realistically, it's not possible. Um, We've got massive demand. We have to subsidize that demand. We've got to get that money from somewhere. And you've got to do it fairly um, that you don't overtax. um, But you've also got so many people who need. Uh, So, uh, you know, always we try to keep it down to as low a number as possible and to fix the you know the, the the problem as quickly as
1: possible uh, just to add to 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 Brian's question about the the cost of living in in Cape Town what how do you respond to again this view that the the uh, the cost of living not just in Cape Town rather but in the in the Western Cape that it's 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 kept and it's made deliberately high to keep certain people out
0: but I've just shown that, the, in actual fact, the increase in rates and taxes is lower than in Gauteng in, in in the Western Cape, not higher. Um, but uh, people don't have the the same thing You've, in Cape Town uh, versus Johannesburg. If you take those two spaces, um, you know we've got a lot more open outdoor space for citizens um, versus you know having to look after yourself. Um, And sure, you know, maybe there are certain things uh, that end up more costing more, but uh, it's not driving people away. Uh, We have many people coming to the province, coming to the province for services, coming to the province for a way of life, coming to the province for looking for a job uh, or coming to the province because they're finding it's the best
1: place to invest. Janusz, you're also in Cape Town. Good morning.
5: Hi, good morning, Cathy. Good morning, uh, Mr. Alam- uh, I've got different point of view. Usually we, we con- concentrate uh, on, the, on the delivery from the DA. It, and you probably, proudly, DA probably always say in our province we've got better roads, we've got better this and this and that. That's not, not good enough for me. That's your duty, sir, to give us service. Uh, we cannot compare ourselves or we can't, shouldn't compare to, to other rotten people and, and say we are better than others because that's the duty of you, sir, and, and, the, and your people who are governing this. But we, my point is also we celebrate one month of, the, of Mandela Month. And Mandela said, Mr. Mandela said, never ever one race will dominate the others. Really? It's only a, a simple slogan because in Western Province now, We've got a situation in the whole country, actually, but the majority of the people, of Catholic people here, you know, they are moved down to the minority group. And, and I know, of course, the DA will condemn it and, and so and so, but what are you going to do about it? We need new policy. We need new uh, uh, constitution. I know that you guys are working about it, but this constitution should totally reject any racism any race, because we cannot go any further, we, we cannot have a, a BEE, we shouldn't have a, an affirmative action. Show me, please, uh, when in the world, democratic world affirmative action protect majority. So, so we, I, I'm asking you to concentrate on, on this, the race issue and allow us to all be free and all be equal. When you go to, the, to the, any shops, to any restaurant, airport. You don't see the white faces there serving the people. So take it seriously. We're gonna we gonna definitely uh, uh, improve our situation in, in the whole country. Uh, the, this Western pro, Western Cape can be example to others. But we have to take this race issue uh, uh, solid uh, and, and straight into the into the into the fight. And also, you've got the right. You've got the right in uh, constitutional right. Uh, chapter Six of the Constitution say that you can you can have a different laws in our constitution you can have a you can call for the referendum If you need my support call me call us we're gonna support you all right but we
1: Janusz, I'm going to have to stop you there because it is time for the news. I'm going to ask uh, Alan Windy to stay with us so that he can also uh, respond to what Janusz uh, has said. It's time for the latest news.
0: The Talking Point with Kathy Montasana,
5: weekdays 9 a.m. till midday.
1: All right, we continue the conversation on the Talking Point 7 after 11 o'clock. We've got the Western Care Premier, Alan Windy, on with us just for a couple of more minutes before we have to let him go. Uh, We ended off with that call from Yanous. Colin, I'm squeezing you in, so please keep it as short and and to the point as possible for me.
6: Thank you very much, Cathy. I to Mr. Windy. Mr. Windy, um, advertising on the radio if your property is uh, valued at uh, five thousand five hundred and you earn less than seven hundred rand a month, you can get a rebate of your taxes, which I've told a few people. Now, since last year, they are battling, battling, battling to get a Sasa statement to prove that they can that they get a pension. Now, Sasa doesn't answer phones. Emails, uh, grant, uh, um, the, uh, grant um, inquiries at salsa.co.za. People send emails there, salsa does not answer. Now, these people can't get rebates from the, from the municipality on account of salsa. Is there anything that can be done about that? And another thing, too, is the citizens of Cape Town must take responsibility also. Because I heard this morning on the on, uh, uh, FM radio, um, uh, KFM, that 300 drains had to be unblocked yesterday around areas. People must take responsibility, foreign
1: objects down, uh, sewage, All right. uh, pipeline. All right, Colin. Sorry, I'm going to have to cut you off there. We don't have a, the premier on for a, a long time. Mr. Windy?
0: Hi, thank you very much, Cathy. So I think both of those, I'll start off with the previous caller. Um, You know, talking, uh, he started talking about race and our constitution. Now, um, I agree with him that 30 years into our democracy, uh, we surely should have corrected more than we have uh, or redressed more than we have. And unfortunately, we haven't. And that, I mean, that surely goes to say that the current system's, of redress are obviously not working. I mean, I, I, we could probably speak for hours on BEE, and has it actually achieved what it's supposed to have achieved? I want to say no. Uh, it's created a few very wealthy people and kept everyone else behind. So we need to change. We see the first sign of madness: keep doing the same thing and think you're going to get a different outcome. Um, I also uh, want to say that uh, he says, "Don't compare yourself to something else that's broken." I agree. We we need to be competitive, globally competitive. Um, uh, I must also say that uh, when I was listening to him, I was thinking about our roads. Um, I've spent quite a lot of time on our roads in the last two, three weeks, um, just checking it out, going to different spaces. We've had quite severe floods, uh, worse floods than we've had in 40 years. Um, And quite frankly, um, it has created havoc with our roads. We've got washaways. We've got potholes that we don't usually have in our roads. So uh, we're redirecting money um, because we can't have... The deterioration of something that should be uh, a standard service that we should offer. Um, and so, yeah, we've got to now within our budget framework, make sure that we get enough money to the right places. Then um, I think the, the second caller is absolutely correct, uh, especially in the city of Cape Town, they increased the minimum value of your property before you got charged rates and taxes, which was really good to see. So they lifted the threshold so that it uh, gave relief specifically to poorer households. That's great. Um, and then, of course, the second point was about application of indigent status, and you need to be able to get your data. If you're not getting the right uh, feedback for this process, uh, then I would suggest you either use our provincial call center. Uh, let's see what we can do, because, of course, it is a national department, but let's see how we can help a citizen in our province get that Paperwork done, uh, but I also want to say that uh, westerncape.gov.za is a great website to uh, a great uh, email to use because what we do is if we see there's a number of these complaints, we can actually try and get a team to zoom in to say if there are many people trying to get an indigent uh, rebate, then and it's being blocked because we can't get a report from Sasa, um, then we know we can take it as a bulk issue at an intergovernmental space to try to make it easier for that kind of application. So I, I want to suggest please use either my office specifically and let's see what we can pick up on that individual issue or then get hold of the red tape reduction team so that we can see this is a this is a piece of regulation or an office of government that is not performing and uh, we can uh, uh, you know en masse try to find a solution uh, to make it easier to get that indigent application in.
1: Alright, Western Care Premier Alan Windy, and we have to let you go. Still, so many other questions um, that our listeners had for him, but we are completely uh, out of time for that conversation. Um, we will try and have follow up conversations, uh, particularly with uh, some of the premiers that have availed themselves uh, to come onto the show to uh, actually be part of, uh, you know, answering questions that many of um, residents in their provinces, of course, are concerned with.